Hey, welcome back to the City Boy Rock Podcast. You're listening to episode 62. And this week, we're going to be breaking down UCLA versus Gonzaga, that classic semifinal game. And we're also going to be predicting the championship game for Baylor and Gonzaga. Then we're going to be moving on to the NBA, where we got to talk about the Golden State Warriors and the recent skids losing seven of their last eight, and what that means for the Warriors moving forward. We're then going to be breaking down the breaking news that just occurred between the Carolina Panthers and the New York Jets, in which Sam Darnold got traded for a six-round pick and a fourth-round pick. We're going to be talking about how that affects Panthers, Sam Darnold, and most importantly, how that's going to affect quarterbacks in the draft. And finally, we're going to be finishing up the show playing our favorite game, Cap or No Cap, where we talk about teams and if they're legitimate or they cap. So that's going to be it for this show this week. Thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoy it. What is going on, Shrey? How are you doing today on this beautiful April April day? I'm doing great, bro. Um, it's a great day, obviously. Um, we've got the vaccine, so things are looking looking up right now. Yeah, man. Uh, if you haven't yet, try and go get your vaccine, man. It's important for you to do that. Um, and right now, I mean, listen, the allergies were hitting too hard this morning, bro. I'm not going to lie. I thought I had COVID for a second, then I remembered I was vaccinated, so I'm chilling. Uh, but uh, let, let me say this, man. March Madness is officially coming to an end tonight. Uh, UCLA and Gonzaga played uh, probably one of the greatest games I've ever witnessed in a March Madness tournament, besides that Duke-UCF game. But this one was a Final Four game, and I, this was one of the craziest games I've ever seen. Um, UCLA, the big underdogs coming into this game, led by Johnny Juzang, the sophomore Guard from Los Angeles, California, transferred from Kentucky. He's also Vietnamese. Dad, I forgot to mention that. Um, he balled out, man. UCLA, I feel so bad for them. They were Warriors all the way down to the very last second. Even when I thought Gonzaga was going to pull away, UCLA came crawling, crawling right back. And um, listen, man, that team, they keep fighting, but Jalen Suggs hit one of the clutchest shots I've ever seen. I don't know how people are calling it lucky. I mean, if Steph Curry hit that shot, it wouldn't be luck, all right? That was literally um, the Steph shot versus OKC off the bank. Jalen Suggs, man, it was incredible. The ending of the game lived up to everything. It, it was just the build-up, the West Coast touring. I mean, it, this game was, was probably one of the best games I've ever witnessed, um, especially the, the way the game ended. And, uh, Shrey, you know, what are your thoughts on this game? After, I would say, a very subpar March Madness I mean, I reiterate basically everything you said. One of the greatest college games I've ever seen. Um, I, I thought, like, I, I, I had a feeling UCLA would keep it close. They've been fighting the whole tournament. There's some underdogs. They had that underdog mentality, and um, it really showed. Um, they kept fighting no matter what. I thought um, after Gonzaga, because Gonzaga was down, a lot of the first half, and they made a little run towards the end. And um, you'd think with a team like Gonzaga, such a great team, obviously undefeated, you'd think UCLA, UCLA would be done. They wouldn't have a chance after uh, Gonzaga made that run late in the first half. But mm. they just kept on fighting. They're, they're, they were like a boxer, bro. They are taking all the punches, and then they just kept coming back, kept coming back. I thought they were down. Um, I think – Late in the second half, they were down by, like, eight points. It was 77 to, like, 69, and they made another run. So it just shows 
how great, how well coached they are. And I mean, Johnny Juzang, that boy is dirty. Um, he doesn't even have like crazy dribble moves. He literally just gets a shot up and makes it exactly every he, time. They, they know how to find their spot. Vasquez um, always, they both of them could get to their spots anytime they wanted to. Great ISO players. And it was just an unfortunate ending for them. They did as, as much as they could. They defended that as well as they could. And um, they happened to make the shot. I mean, I wouldn't call it luck because I'm like, maybe if it was like a three fourth quarter shot and it went off the glass, okay, that's different. But he walked right into it. Um, and it was a clean clean bank like it went straight in it wasn't like rolling around the basket it went straight in and um it was yeah that was one of the greatest endings i've ever seen um do you think that the the turn of the the turn of emotions i mean you had juzang missing the first shot breaking right right off the rim getting his own rebound putting it back up you know, I was expecting double OT, but with three seconds left, the fact that, that Jalen Suggs was able – like, this is the number one draft prospect right now. Um, being able to just dribble down the floor, casually pull up, knock a almost half-court shot in to win the game, I mean, incredible. And then to get on the table and to yell at a bunch of cardboard cutouts, it just makes – it was the most um, 2021 ending to a game I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. You got a little – a little. I, I think they had a small crowd there, but, like, yeah, it, it it was it was a great moment. It would have been even better with a full stadium full of fans, um, like we saw in that um, um, Villanova UNC mm. uh, in twenty sixteen. You know, you know that was an iconic iconic moment um, in college basketball in uh, history. So yeah, it was great. And prop to Gonzaga because you think with a team um, who's undefeated. Um, they're the favorites. They were um, listen, going against 11th seed. They were whooping you everybody think by fold. twenty. They, th- they were, yeah, they were exactly. whooping everybody by twenty. I thought this was the game that if if UCLA could keep it close, I thought I said I thought Gonzaga would fold under the pressure because they've never played anything under any circumstances like this. But uh, I mean, they 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 really proved that they had that dog mentality. Yeah. This was a classic upset special. Like you think, oh, they're down in the first half. They're struggling. They're not playing like they usually do um, from from ahead and. They made a nice little comeback, and then they obviously took the lead. And then later in the second half, UCLA just kept making runs, but they showed they they're they're worth um, that undefeated record. They showed that they're one of the greatest teams um, college basketball has ever seen, and um, they they really pulled that out. And props to them, and props to UCLA because first four to final four. Second that time is, in that history. Is, that's so impressive. That's so impressive because, I mean, they went against a pretty good Michigan State team, um, and that went down to the wire too. They were all their games were going down to the wire for the most part, and um, they pulled it out. And th- that just showed that the West Coast bias was real this year. Um, all these Pac-12 teams were low rate, low seeds. I think their highest seed was USC at six, and they clearly didn't play like it. So, um, yeah, I think this year was a year that you just couldn't really pay attention to the seed besides, obviously, the number ones in Baylor and Gonzaga. The rest of the teams, um, anything could have happened for the most part. And, um, yeah, I mean, this was a great, great um, end to the Final Four of um, mostly uh, disappointing tournament, in my opinion, at least. For sure. I mean, you said it spot on because on the other side of it, you had Baylor just whooping Houston 
Like there were nobodies. I mean, um, I think we actually got the two best teams this year, like by by a, a mile. The two best teams, yeah. Baylor and Gonzaga. I feel like they were the two best teams coming into the tournament, and we're finally gonna get a one versus one matchup. Because well, yeah. the last time, I mean, Texas Tech in uh, two years ago and UVA. I mean. There were good teams, but everybody wanted Duke. Everybody wanted Zion in the tournament. Everybody wanted Zion in the Final Four. Everybody, we didn't get that. I think this year we're really going to get the best quality matchup possible. Um, Gonzaga's undefeated. Baylor's 27-2 and two now. It, it's going to be a very interesting matchup to see. And, um, yeah. and here we go for our predictions for tonight. Uh, for me, going first, I think Gonzaga's going to keep this undefeated streak alive. And I think they're going to win this game against Baylor tonight. I hope it's going to be a good game. I hope it's close, but I feel like every single championship team always takes a punch to the mouth. Um, every single every single championship team takes a punch in the mouth in the tournament. At least, like, they don't lose, but they'll take very close game. And after that close game, they'll defy the odds, and they'll win the game. I feel like Baylor hasn't had that punch yet because Zaga just took it last week or just recently, just against UCLA. Um, they overcame that, and I think they're going to play super focused tonight. And they know what's at stake, man. This is one of the very few teams to be ever be undefeated. I remember 2014, Kentucky had a squad with Carl Anthony Towns, uh, I think the Harrison Twins, and, yeah. and uh, Willie Cauley-Stein. That team lost to Wisconsin in the Final Four. I think since Gonzaga got over that hump, I think they're going to win this game pretty easily. Uh, I'm going to say 75-66, Gonzaga pulling it off tonight. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot closer. I Obviously... Uh, Gonzaga did take that punch, like you said. But Baylor has been playing really well this tournament. Um, they've been impressive in all their games. I don't think any of their games have been that close. Um, Villanova gave them a little scare. <laughs> but in the end, we knew who the better team was, and they came out on top in the second half. They strapped up, and they play really good defense, and they got those three guards um, who can go off at any time. So I, I think they'll be able to keep up with Gonzaga's historic offense. And um, I think it will be a close game. I think it's going to come down to the last few possessions. But, um, yeah, Gonzaga, they've been battle-tested. They've, they've gone so far as a program. They used to be looked at as, like, when they were – I feel like a few years ago when they'd be, like, a top high seed, we'd just be like, oh, yeah, they're, they're whatever. They don't face that great of competition. No, yeah, even like, when – They're a fake one, number one seed. Even the year, even the year that. they went to the finals and they played UNC, I, I, there was never a doubt in my mind that they were going to they're gonna uh, beat UNC. Even though that game was relatively close, I knew at the end of the day UNC was going to win that game, and they did. So, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they, they've come so far as a program, and now I think they're going to transition into that blue blood – um, category. They're going to become one of those blue buds. Um, Mark Few has established a great culture there. And I think they're going to be one of the top college programs for the foreseeable future. And I think this is going to be like the stamp they make um, to make that, to get that national recognition. They're, they're not going to be looked at as a weak number one seed anymore when they're ranked up there. And I think they're going to pull it out. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to say 76-72. Now, I want to say this about college basketball. The, the thing I love the most about college basketball is, is that it's not dominated by Power 5 schools. I mean, the Power 5 schools, they have good talent because they can recruit because they have the resources. But we're talking about schools like Gonzaga, Villanova, UConn. 
These schools aren't major. These schools aren't in major conferences, and they still are able to dominate college basketball. I feel like it's the college basketball is the sport with the most parity between all the teams. I mean, Villanova is a small liberal arts school in Philadelphia. You got Gonzaga. You know, and I don't even know where Gonzaga is. I think it's in the state of Washington. And then we got yeah somewhere Spokane, Spokane Washington, Washington yeah. I believe. And then you got UConn over there, and you know, with no football program, it, it's just like the team. The t- these teams don't need like in football. You got Alabama, you got Georgia, you got the same SEC, Big Ten teams. College basketball, bro. Like, look at the finals this year, man. You got Gonzaga all the way. Pac-12 wasn't even looked at as a as a dominant conference, and then they were just cooking the yeah. entire time. So, uh, I love college basketball for that reason. And Gonzaga is, I feel like if they win this, people were really going to look at them as this powerhouse team and a powerhouse school for basketball. Because like you said before, yes, I mean, sir. I remember specifically two years ago, you had Duke coming in. And this is the Duke team of RJ, Zion, Cam Reddish. They come into Maui and then I think they're playing, they're like 4-0 and everybody was like, Gonzaga stands no chance. And they pull off the, they pull off the victory. I feel like this Gonzaga team is going to, is going to take a leap forward, just like Villanova in the past few years. Yeah. Because now Jay Wright, I mean, he's one of the best college coaches ever. Maybe. Yeah, literally. He's, he's, up, he's up in that conversation. And if you look at the now, talent cause... he develops that goes in the NBA, I mean, it, it's just second to none. He develops yeah, dogs. They're all they're, they're, They know how to play. Yeah. So um, I, I'm going to – I'm very excited to see what happens tonight. And – uh I'm thank yeah. I'm thankful that these two teams. I mean, I would have watched if UCLA was in, but uh, it, it, I the way the con- the, to- the, the uh, tournament went, it kind of uh, it kind of picked up in the last few days. Because I'm not even gonna lie, the first few rounds I was not watching as heavy as it was now. Yeah, there were just too many too too much random stuff going on. Too many upsets. I mean, like you saw with Illinois, there were one of like every a lot of people were picking them to go far. Obviously, they mm-hmm. lost early. Ohio State lost early. So it was just a weird tournament. But I think, like you said, the two best teams are remaining. Like, I, like Baylor's been playing really well. And obviously, um, Gonzaga's undefeated. So we're, we're watching the two best teams tonight. And I think that rarely happens. And it happened to happen this year in a year that was so random. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for tonight. It's about to be a really good game. For sure. Um, moving on from college basketball talk, we're going to jump over to the NBA real quick. And we got to talk about the Golden State Warriors because, you know, what coming into the beginning of the year, I, I, I honestly expected the Warriors to be in the hunt for the playoffs at least. Now it kind of looks like they're not even going to be close. Um, the way the team is playing, I mean, they lost by 50. I was like 53 to the Raptors the other night. It was terrible. It was bad. And I know Steph Curry wasn't playing that game. But this Warriors team, there's no excuse to lose by 53 to a Raptors team who has nothing to play for. The Raptors aren't going to make the playoff. I mean, they might make the play-in game, but this team is not – I mean, they're not even playing in Toronto. They don't want to be in Tampa Bay, and you lose by 53 to them. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, now I'm seeing it. I, I thought last year I said, oh, if Clay Thompson comes back, this team's going to make a deep playoff push. I'm not so sure of that anymore. I don't think Clay Thompson has that much of an impact on this team right now. Um, the Warriors look like – I mean – Certain points, if Steph's not playing, they are surefire top five lottery pick, man. It's just, it's bad. And um, I don't know what the problem with this team is. It's just they're not talented. I don't know if it's a coaching thing. But the Warriors are not looking like the same Warriors that I expected them to see this year. Um, it's, it's literally Steph Curry bust. There's no second option right now. I know if Clay comes back, 
can Clay step? Can Clay fill those shoes like he was and was he doing in 2015, 2016? Um, the bench is just not there anymore. I mean, that Sean Livingston, Leandro Barbosa, um, Bogut, Bogut, those Spates. days are are long over. It's it's bad. I mean, this team is just. If you really look at them, you take Steph Curry out. This team is is, is a less than a 15 win team. I'm not even lying, bro. You literally look at this team; it's just not good enough. Uh, and your reports are saying like. People are trying to start the narrative that Steph is, is trying to leave or something. Like, you guys gonna need to stop that, bro. Steph is gonna stay a warrior for as long as he can. I just think that the team right now, though. I mean, if I were Steph, I would put some pressure on the organization to do something, bro. Because this is just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, there's no excuse to be losing to the Raptors by that. How do you lose by fifty three? You were down by sixty. It, it was. It was. They were down by 60 oh. at one point. I mean, they just – and Fred Van Fleet got hurt too. So – and there was no Kyle Lowry. Um, so, like, there – like, I know you didn't have Draymond. I know there wasn't Steph. But that was a depleted Raptors team. And they just – they had no answers. Um, it looked like they gave up. And um, I think um, – I think they're just – they're just kind of just stuck in the past. Um like, we saw those comments by uh, Steve Kerr um, talking about how difficult KD's last season was, how it was more difficult than last year when they were um, bottom feeder in the Western Conference and they had no Steph. Um, so I think they're just kind of stuck in the past. Um, Draymond clearly isn't the same player, um, especially offensively. Yeah, he, he's really good on defense. And um, he's a great passer, a great playmaker, a smart guy. But yesterday, I don't know if you saw, the Hawks just left this man wide open. And this dude was just standing there looking yeah. for a pass. The whole team left him. And, like, it, it just shows how uh, the confidence has just become shaken for, for him as a shooter. Um, I, I mean, even the year they didn't have KD, 2015-2016, he was shooting 39% from three. And um, if Clay comes back, yes, he's going to make a difference. They're going to be a playoff team for sure. But in order to get back to even close to what they were, Draymond's going to have to step up because they're, they're, they're not going to have cap space for a free agent. Um, I don't think any player they draft is going to be an immediate impact, and they're going to have to bank on James Wiseman taking a huge leap. And he's still raw. Like, he didn't play much college basketball. He's been in and out of the lineup. And he hasn't been playing huge minutes yet. So, he's still raw. He has a lot. He has a long ways to go. Maybe in a few years he can be that guy. But I don't know about next year. And Steph's getting up there in age now. Clay's coming off two um, major injuries. So, it's going to be tough. Um, They're going to have to make some moves. Hopefully, they're able to keep that Timberwolves draft pick. Um, cause I think it's top four protected. So if it falls out, if the wolves are just good enough to not be a bottom four team and have a higher chance at that number one pick, um, maybe they're able to package Ubre and that pick maybe, maybe Wiseman for another star. I don't know, but they're, as constructed, they're definitely not going to be able to make a finals run, even with Clay coming back, because he's going to have he's he's going to have some struggles coming off that injury. Like that's two huge major injuries 
we've seen what Achilles injuries do to athletes. Um, besides KD, obviously, who is just, I mean, that man <laughs> is from another planet. The way he's, the way he was playing coming off that Achilles injury. But we saw what it did to Kobe. I know he was older than Clay, and his game was more predicated on like athleticism and not just straight up shooting and um, defense like Clay. But um, yeah, it's gonna be a tough, tough uh, rest of the year for the Warriors. Um, I feel like getting into a playing games. I don't know what, how what it does for them. I mean, they're still gonna they're, they're, even if they get in, they're gonna get destroyed Literally. in the first round. Um, they're gonna get destroyed. Um, they maybe can get a game um, from the Jazz, but they're gonna get destroyed if they get in. Um, it's gonna be either four one or four zero. So. Yeah, the future is looking pretty um, uncertain for uh, the Warriors, but I don't think they should um, make any huge moves. I don't think Kerr should be on the hot seat because they've had a lot of injuries. And obviously the talent is not there besides um, Steph. So I think they should just give him a few more years and um, decide when it comes to that. But um, for now, it's, it's looking rough in Golden State. Um, I don't think we ever expected this a few years ago. I don't think we expected this team to be a shell of what it was um, just a few years ago. Because that, like, that 27-2018, 26-2017 team, I mean, or 2016-2017 team, I mean, that, those were two of the greatest teams we've ever seen. Um, that was, like, the prime years of us watching basketball. Um, it, was, it was just great to see. So I mean, I hope, I hope Steph and the Warriors can get at least close to yeah. that level at some point. Yeah, going back to what you said, retires. I mean, Steph is is getting older every day. Um, I don't know how many years left he has on his prime. In his prime, it's it's just concerning me that this man is. I mean, he's the entire team. Let's be honest here. When he's not playing, the team is awful. And when you when he is playing, the Warriors are asking him to do everything. I'm talking literally everything, score everything. I mean, this man dropped 62 in the game before, bro. He literally is the entire team. Yeah. Um, that's how important Steph Curry is. I don't people people are trying to make like discount Steph Curry. No, I mean LeBron cannot carry this team to the playoffs. Maybe, maybe. I highly doubt it though, because this team is this team is god awful, bro. I'm gonna be completely honest. Yeah. Like. Even Wiggins is having a career year numbers-wise, shooting-wise, and it just makes no impact. He has very little impact on the game. Like, he's not going to lead you to any wins. And whenever Steph's in, it still feels like all the weight uh, of the Warriors franchise is on Steph, even when it shouldn't be, considering they do have some decent pieces. And it's just all Steph Curry all the time. For sure. I mean, Steph this year is – Attempting the most field goals of his entire career. He's attempting 20. I mean, this is more than his MVP year. He's just shooting. I mean, he has to, every time he comes in the game, he's literally, he literally has – he feels the need that he has to shoot because he doesn't trust anybody else that hit the shot. Draymond's too scared to shoot. Um, you got Andrew Wiggins over here. I mean, this man won't make buckets when, when they count. And then you got Kelly Oubre. Can't shoot a three. I mean, it's oh. – like, dude, I don't oh, – this team – I'm talking about the, this Warriors team. Three years ago, when they put up a three, you expected it to go in. 
like nine times out of ten. You had Steph, you had Katie, Clay, Draymond could hit threes. This team three or four years ago, bro, every time they shot a three, I said, Oh, that's going in. Now I'm I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure like forty percent of them will go in, bro. It, it's it's bad to see. Um the fact that they play in the West right now yeah. does not help at all. It's just like Yeah. It's a dog fight every game. Like I don't think like it's just it feels like like even when they play like the Mavs and stuff, it just feels like they're overmatched. It feels like you're gonna have to have a hero type game from Steph Curry for them to win, and that's what he had to do the last time um, they did play the Mavs. So it's it's rough out there. Being in the West is not easy, and being a, devoid of that top tier talent um, in the West is just really tough. Yeah, that's for sure. And then right now. going back to what you said, I mean, Clay Thompson. One of my favorite players, you know, and I'm going to be real right here. Him coming back off two major knee injuries off an ACL, torn ACL, and a torn Achilles. I don't think we'll see the same Clay Thompson that we saw three years ago. I don't. I Honestly, I think he's gonna, his numbers are going to decline. You know, I hope he proves me wrong. But, I mean, this, this man hasn't played an NBA defensively. Defensively. Yeah. Defensively, it's, it's going to yeah, hurt. Literally. So that's lateral, like, his lateral, lateral movement. movement is, 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 and very true. Be and tough on also, him. this man hasn't played a game in over two years, bro. So, like, you can't just come expect him coming back shooting 45% from three like he was doing before. I mean, it's, it's hard, bro. It's going to be a long, long recovery process. He's been out. I mean, this is an Achilles injury, all right? We can't discount that. It, it's just – it's going to be a difficult, difficult yeah. task for the Warriors. I mean – I don't think we'll ever see that Clay Thompson dropping 37 points in a quarter probably ever again. It's going to be um it's going to be a rough road. Yeah, the hope I hope we yeah, hope I pray that, that that's the case, but considering the history of the injury and yeah, and now considering it's back knowing to back, that major injury, Clay's not going to have, gonna you know, a KD to to release some stress or Draymond table to hit threes. People are going to focus on Steph and Clay once again, and I don't think Clay is physically fit enough, especially from day one next year, to to be ready to just ball out like people are expecting him to come out and ball out. Um, I think the Warriors need another star. Uh, I, I think Steph is amazing, but you know, in the NBA, you can't do it on your own, and everybody knows that you can't do it on your own. Yeah, especially as a guard, especially as a small guard who isn't like a great defender, isn't the most athletic. It's hard for him to carry the load, but like a guy like LeBron or KD can do that, but you can't expect a six three guard to be doing that. And For sure. it's it's showing now because he can't he can't affect the game in both ways, like a KD and LeBron can do. For so sure, it's, um, it's, it's tough. Yeah, with all that being said, uh, we're gonna be moving on to other teams in the NBA, and we're gonna play the game cap or no cap because uh, there are some teams. Who have been uh, either streaking good or bad in the past few weeks. First team I want to ask you, Shrey, about is the Atlanta Hawks. Is this team for real? Are they are they no cap or, or are they all cap? Is it all smoke and mirrors right now? Oh my god, they're cap. <laughs> um, they're they're some cap, bro. I mean, I, I mean, a part of it is because they've not been healthy all year. Um, I don't think you can really count on. Solomon Hill, and as as we are speaking currently, the Panthers have traded Bro, for really? Sam Darnold. Like literally, just happened. As per yes, as per um, right. 
Ian Rappaport. Whoa, whoa, let's so let's let's, let's scrap the uh, scrap the no cap or no cap or no cap game. Let's talk about that real quick. We got to talk about that real quick. Um, wow. Okay, okay. Wow. Um, what does this mean? Carolina Panthers, Panthers just traded for Sam Darnold. I think they're moving on from Teddy Bridgewater. So. All right, so what I'm reading right here, Jets trading Sam quarterback Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers for a 2021 six-round pick and a second and fourth-round picks in 2022. So three draft picks, a six-rounder, a second, and a fourth-rounder for Sam Darnold. Um, wow, I, I did not see this coming. I'm not going to lie. I thought the Panthers were going to draft somebody. So I think what this means is that the Washington football team has an opportunity to draft a quarterback because I don't think there's going to be any team that needs a quarterback up to what the twenty? What, what pick do you guys have? The twentieth pick, nineteenth pick, nineteenth. Um, yeah, because I I fully expected the Panthers to take one of the four quarterbacks, but now that they're out of the picture, the other teams in the draft, I don't think they need a quarterback. Um, this is this is a game changer, and I know Sam Darnold isn't like going to save the Panthers. This is more than just about the Panthers. Uh, wow, they're banking on Sam Darnold. That's interesting. I think Sam Darnold will be a good fit. I mean, I think he'll be a fine fit. Yeah, I'm in Carolina. I just this impacts the draft way more. I look at the draft order. I mean, I think, I think it's going to be a good fit. Um, I think they're going to keep probably keep um, Teddy uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Um, he's probably going to be like that mentor. He's probably going to play that role. I mean, Fitzpatrick's the Fitzpatrick's of the world have played. And just in case this um, all goes down into flames and Sam Darnold really is as bad as um, he it's a six was last pick, you year know. in New no York. Um, yeah. And then a second-round pick in the future, not really that big of a deal. I mean, um, I thought he would go for at least a pick, a sec- uh, an early-round pick this year. But I guess that's not the case. And I think that's a pretty good um, – Pretty good deal if you're the Panthers. Um, I think they really have some trust in um, Matt Rule, and they have some great weapons to surround him with, much better than um, what he had in New York. I mean, he's reunited with Robbie Anderson. They had a they had a pretty nice connection, and then DJ Moore, obviously uh, contested contested catch receiver, big play threat. So um, I think um, this this offense will be tailor made for. Um, Darnold's strengths. Um, he can move around can... really well, and um, <laughs> Matt Rule does a good job scheming up that stuff. So it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. He finally Hopefully, has a I running back who can uh, <laughs> who can catch the ball. I mean, this man got CMC now. So if he ever is in trouble, just dump it off to CMC. Let him go crazy. Uh, I think Sam Darnold will play fine. I think I think we're gonna see a huge improvement from what he saw in the Jets. I feel like the Jets was just a dumpster fire when he was playing there. Bad situation. I'm glad he got out. Um, I think for Teddy Bridgewater, I think, I think Teddy Bridgewater's. I mean, I think he's a career backup. I think that's why I've been saying this. I think last year kind of proved it. He's a good backup. I don't think he should be starting for any other team in the NFL. But um, to play four or five games here and there for injuries, I think he'll be solid for that. But yeah, um, congrats to the Panthers. I think they made a smart move. And I'm pulling up the draft order right now. And I'm telling you right now, I think the Washington football team has a chance to draft one of the four or five quarterbacks. I'm not lying. Because if I read it off the order, so look, all right, I'm going to read it off right now. I mean, Jacksonville is going to take a quarterback. The Jets are definitely taking Trevor a quarterback Lawrence. now. Like, without a doubt, they're taking a quarterback. You got San Francisco, Wilson, who I believe probably. will end up taking a quarterback as well, from what the reports are saying. 
I don't think Atlanta's going to take a quarterback. I think they can stick with. I think they're going to stick with Matt Ryan. I think they're going to get him either offensive lineman. Yeah, they have a lot. Yeah, of they have a lot of other holes. Yeah, they have holes on the line and defense. So they're they're going to have to figure that out before getting rid. Or I think Cincinnati Matt Ryan um, is set on Joe Burrow. Don't I feel like they need to protect Joe Burrow? That's their number one priority. They're not going to pick a quarterback. Moving on to Miami, I think Miami's done a lot this offseason to build a team around Tua and actually have weapons that Tua can utilize. So I don't think they're going to pick him either. I think Detroit just traded for Jared Goff. They're not going to draft another quarterback. I think they'll stick with Jared Goff for at least a year or two, see how it goes. Carolina just got Darnold, as we saw. Denver is an iffy one, but I feel like they might stick with Drew Locke for another year. Who knows? Um, that's up in the air. You got Dallas, who just signed Dak, not getting a quarterback. We got the Giants, who I believe is all in on Danny Dimes for this year only. You got the Eagles, who have Jalen Hurts, um, and they just brought in um, – they just brought in Joe Flacco. I, I think they're set on, I think they're set on, uh, on, on Hurts for now. You got the Chargers over there with Herbert. They're not taking a quarterback. Minnesota, I think – I mean, they just extended Kirk. They're not taking another quarterback. You got New England. Um, New England's also another iffy one, but they have Cam on a one-year deal. I don't think they'll take a quarterback either this year. I feel like there's other holes in the team that they need to fix. Arizona is Kyler Murray. The Raiders, I mm-hmm. think, are going to stick with Derek Carr. And you got Miami again, and then Washington. I, I think there's a good chance either Washington trades up or a quarterback will fall to the, to the Washington football team. Because after the first three picks, I can't see a team that's like just going to yeah. go out their way and draft a quarterback besides maybe the Denver um, – yeah, Denver, Denver I feel like Denver really is about, the scary I think, one. It, it wouldn't like Denver and New England, but I think Denver is more likely because they – I mean, Drew Locke, we've seen – I think <laughs> we've seen uh, enough from Drew Locke. So, at least at least me and you. I don't know about Kenny, but, I, uh, yeah. I, and then New England, you I, never know. I think know. for now, I think either Washington or Chicago should so. trade up and try to get that – solidify that fourth quarterback because – you're going to get a solid quarterback no matter – I mean, those four quarterbacks, you can get something. You, there's, some, there's some talent there. Um, I think Washington should make a trade for it. I'm not even lying. Yeah, they might have to trade up because, I mean, we know – I, I expected the one Carolina year rental, to pick a quarterback probably. there, but now since they have Sam Darnold – Mm-hmm. I expected either Denver Trey is, or Justin yeah. Fields. Denver is probably be the last – If Denver doesn't pick a quarterback, I – Highly, ex- I yeah, I would trade up. I expect either Washington or Chicago would trade, trade up. up and get a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because next year's uh, quarterback class isn't going to be as good as this one. And um, I think you if Trey Lance is you on the board. Um, you got You got to snatch him up because you have that. You have that veteran presence in Fitzpatrick who can who can teach him, who can nurture him, and. Um, Maybe he doesn't even start for the next two years, but at least you have that option um, for the future. Because right now there is no future at quarterback on the Washington football team. So um, I feel like if Trey Lance or Justin Fields is available past that ninth pick, um, trading up would be the best option. I mean, I wouldn't do it if it was Mac Jones because you're yeah, going to find you'll Mac get a Mac Jones, Jones. In every draft, but. Um, guys like Justin Fields and Trey Lance, they don't come around that often. You don't get that skill set packed into one player that often. So, um, yeah, if Denver doesn't now, if I think Mac Jones is sitting up, at 19 please. or 20, if I'm Chicago or Washington, I would take Mac Jones 
at a nine, I wouldn't trade up for Mac Jones, but if he's at 19 or 20, I would take him. I would take him because I feel like Mac yeah. Jones would be the type of quarterback, especially for Chicago and Washington, teams with great defenses, good weapons. I think he can take you to the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you just need a distributor. Yeah, and and the weapons are kind of there now for Washington. I mean, they got Curtis Samuel, you got Terry McLaurin, you got Logan Thomas, uh, Gibson, McKissick. Um, there's some interesting weapons, and obviously they're going to look for guys in the draft depending on who they go with in the first round. So um, it's it's things are looking pretty good in Washington. Um, great move by Carolina. Um, I think they're more of in that win now type um, mode. Because they did, uh, yeah, they, they almost beat the Chiefs last year last at one year. point. So, um, um, exactly, and they had no McCaffrey for most of the season. So I think they have a good feeling about what they can do this year, and that's why they traded up for a guy who's been in the league, who will maybe lead to winning. Yeah, because um, I mean, in the current rule knows, I think at this point, that on the there's no more juggernaut in New Orleans that you're going to play every year, every two years. I mean, they're going to be, who knows how good they'll be. Tampa Bay is going to be here for another couple of years. So I think getting a young quarterback right now, Sam Darnold, hopefully building him up for how long, however long Tom Brady's there for. If Tom Brady's here until he's 50, that's unfortunate. But I think for the next two years, Tampa Bay will win this division easily. And then hopefully if Sam Darnold works out, he can take the reins over and he can really run the NFC South. So we will see what happens. That's a huge trade. Um, mm-hmm. Did not expect that to happen. But, wow, Carolina is getting Sam Darnold. For a sixth round pick and a fourth and a second round pick. So, um, so, but yeah, going back to NBA talk, cap or no cap, like you said, keep going about the Atlanta Hawks. Say what you need to say. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, health is a huge factor in that. I don't think you can really count on them as a playoff team, like winning more than a few games, winning more than a game or two. Um, like with guys like Tony Snell and Solomon Hill um, getting major minutes in the starting lineup. Um, They're going to have to get healthy. DeAndre Hunter is going to have to come back and be able to stay healthy because he did um, come back for a few games and his knee swelling flared up. And obviously they don't have um, a backup point guard right now after losing Rondo. uh, And they still haven't had Chris Dunn play a game yet. So, um yeah, they're good. they're just gonna need to get healthy. Bogdan has had a few really good games um, in the past week, um, so yeah, as long I think as long as they um, get healthy, um, they could make it interesting in the first round if they were to face like maybe the Bucks or something because they can score. We know they can score, and they've been playing some good defense. Yeah. You, um, you guys want to know? Late, so. <laughs> Um, you want to know how bad the East it is? It all man? depends on how. Literally the 13th seed, I think, three weeks ago. And now they're the fourth seed. <laughs> in a, yes, in a span of three weeks, they're they the got to the fourth seed. seed. What the um, I think they're no cap. I think they're a really good team. I think they're, they're they're right where they belong at the fourth seed. I think they're nowhere near close to being those top three teams. But I feel like that four through eight in the East, I feel like the Hawks belong in that. And somewhere in there, Nate McMillan was a huge culture change. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the team playing somewhat defense. We're gonna need oh, yeah. to see Trey, some more consistency from Trey, though. Trey has his he has, he he has his doing a good job of hiding Trey on sure. defense. Uh, I don't know if you noticed this, man. They actually put this. Trey's actually nowhere to be seen on defense. He's disguised somewhere. I don't know where his man is. Um, yeah, yeah. I yeah, saw I saw was, a TikTok <laughs> of them breaking it down. So yeah, they they're they're, they're uh, really yeah, the doing Hawks, a great I job mean, of that, dude. 
Never the top three teams in the East, man. Just trade them for the worst three teams in the West, bro. This is ridiculous, bro. <laughs> the fact the the gap between the one, two, and three yeah. team and the and the Hawks is like six and a half games, bro. I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, and then that's the that's the equivalent to the gap between four and like thirteen or twelve or something. Yeah, the East like is that. uh, so it's pretty East crazy. I mean, we all know the, the four the, playoff teams. I think we all know the eight playoff teams. It looks right at this point in time. I feel like if nothing crazy changes, I think the eight teams that are in are going to be in. I mean, because the South, the Pacers are staying at the nine seed, and they're two games behind the Celtics. And I don't think they'll beat them in a play-in series. I think the Celtics will be staying at eight. And every other team is probably going to be hovering around that 500 mark. I think 500 will get you into the playoffs. 500 might even get you, might even get you the 60 in the East, if I'm being 100%. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if they could get them to a yeah, fourth, um, that 500 mark. The, the Knicks, the Knicks uh, I think – uh, they could give uh, Brooklyn some trouble in the first I could say round, I could see two games. Game. I could see two games from the Knicks. Uh, we saw, we'll we, see them t- we're playing tonight, actually. Um, the Knicks play hard against the Nets. And I don't know if anybody knows this. They play harder than they actually than they normally play against the Nets. I was watching the game the other week, and that game lasted another 25 minutes than they need to last for. Um, but, yeah, the Knicks, they're, they're balling out. But I feel like if a team has an offensively gifted player, they're going to get whooped. As simple as that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because they they are offensively challenged, but they have these random games where they just lock up on defense. Like that game against Detroit, they absolutely destroyed them, held them on. Basically, they they were like, I thought they were about to hold them under eighty points. Yeah, it was like one twenty five to eighty like something. I mean, that is the so, Pistons um, again. You got uh, you got some problems over there. You got Sadiq. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this Pistons team is terrible. Um. Yeah, they stink. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. No, for all, sure. All like, literally, that's what it is. Detroit. It's stat pat paradise, man. If you want to go, if you want to go revitalize your career and become a stat patter, just go to Detroit, man. Um, moving on from that, another yeah. team I want to talk about right now. Yeah. Team that's coming into form that I expected to be up here are the Denver Nuggets. I mean, they were hovering around that sixth and fifth seed, um, for pretty much. Most of the year up until last week, they finally got to the fourth seed um, after yesterday, and they beat they beat some good teams. They beat the Clippers earlier this week. Shrey, are the Nuggets? Is this the is this the Nuggets team you expect to see moving forward? Yes, sir. They are no cap. Um, I mean, I I'm, if the even if the Lakers are healthy, I'm I don't want to face them in the first round. Right now, they would be. I think. Or unless the Lakers fell to six after yesterday's loss, but um, they're a really good team. Like I think we discussed this last week. Aaron Gordon, huge addition. Um, he brings back that athleticism and um, tertiary scoring ability that um, Jeremy, Jeremy Grant brought, especially in the playoffs last year. Um, I think they really missed that this year, um, and that's why they were struggling at the beginning of the season, especially with no Gary Harris. So now they have that extra body um, that is able to stay more healthy. We we know that Gary Harris has had trouble to stay healthy throughout the past few years. And Aaron Gordon, I mean, yesterday he was balling out against his former team. Um, I think he led the team in scoring. And they were down by a lot, and they came back. They're the comeback kings. Um, they're really deep now. They got Paul Millsap coming off the bench. Monty Morris is coming off the bench. And um, Michael Porter Jr. is rounding into form. I mean, Jokic is... The I mean the burden on Jokic has lessened by a lot. 
he hasn't had to just absolutely go off. He can be more of a facilitator again. And um, I think his scores, scoring numbers are coming down a little, but his efficiency, efficiency is up there as always, and his assist numbers are up. So um, I think this team is just um, getting ready for that playoff run. They are going to be scary, and um, I hope the Lakers don't have to face them in the first round because that is going to be a very, very difficult. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think that will go to currently them. right now is the way things are looking with all the Lakers and all the injuries. The Nuggets are the are the best team in the West right now, and I'm not lying. Um, they literally look like it. They play hard. Yeah. I mean, this this team is so deep, bro. They're yeah, literally they're exceptionally, exceptionally coached. coached. Extremely, extremely hard. And, I mean, they have a perfect mix of star players. The players know their roles. I mean, you got MPJ. You got a lot of egos on this team. But everybody knows how to mesh well together. I think this Nuggets team knows. They know that they, if they want to be taken seriously, they're going to have to go to the conference finals this year and take this team, whoever they play, to seven or get to the finals. I think the Nuggets actually have a good legitimate shot to get to the finals. Um, I think after the Lakers – Fully healthy Lakers team and a, yeah. and a Clippers team. The Nuggets are right there. And I think they're. I think the Nuggets could beat the Clippers again in a seven game series. It all depends against. Yeah, I think they will if they play. And then uh, I think I guess they will. The team that I think they they will have trouble with the most is the Lakers. And I feel like this Nuggets team this year is more improved, much improved from last year. So I think the Lakers are going to have a, a, a difficult task beating them if they ever were to play. Because I don't think. Because I think the Jazz and Nuggets, if they if everything stands mm-hmm. the way they are, I think the Nuggets are going to beat the Jazz pretty easily in a seven game series. Um, and that's no disrespect to the Jazz. I think the Jazz are a really good team. But I just think Denver is playing out of their mind right now, and they they are going to win. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And I mean, yo, as great of a defender as Gobert is, he has shown to have no answer for sure. to Jokic when it, uh, when I it mean, matters. This man, so. this man, Jokic, I think he's going to get the yeah. MVP this year. Um, he's playing – he's balling out. I mean, the injuries to Embiid and LeBron helped him a lot too, but the fact that this Nuggets team is the fourth seed right now, um, they are looking good. And I think this team – I mean, I, I was not the biggest Nuggets supporter, but I think this team might win and come out the West, bro. And the, the way things are looking right now, this, there could be a very legitimate shot. Yeah. They're, they're dangerous. They have – They're everybody. really, really good. Um, yeah. I think Aaron Gordon was amazing pickup. That that sure. like I thought they won the trade deadline with that pickup. And Javale brings you obviously more athleticism off the bench, which they missed because Mason Plumlee also was a huge part of that playoff run last year, and they missed that uh, backup center this year. And I think he can provide similar athleticism. And I think Jokic is very disrespectful. I think he knows it too. I think him getting if he if the Nuggets were to able were able to pull it off and get to the finals this year, Jokic has to be in the top ten for everybody's list. It just Jokic is is very disrespected. I feel like, and you know, a lot of people are, are hesitant to put him like top three big. I mm-hmm. mean, he's easily top three big right now, bro. It's like that's what I'm saying. It's Come either on, him and no. Embiid, it's him and Embiid. I mean, it's, if Denver gets to the finals this year. Jokic is uh, Jokic is gonna be up there, man. Goated, he's gonna be goaded, bro, for sure. Getting the Nuggets to the to the finals, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, moving yeah. on from Let that, alone, one last you... team I want to talk about is yeah. the Dallas Mavericks, a team that was at the beginning of the year. I mean, we didn't really know. Like we looked at it on on paper, this team was was not good, even when Porzingis came back. But now they are streaking. They are currently seventh in the West, but they're six games over five hundred. They're streaking. Um, Straight. Is this team cap or no cap? I think they're no cap as a as a 
potential mm. first round like upset type team or to one to make it interesting, but I don't think they're gonna go really far. It's, the West is just too stacked, and they're not the greatest um, defensive um, team. Um, and obviously, there's always a concern with KP and his health. You never know when he can go down. He went down at the most opportune time last year. They were they were they were giving it to the Clippers like they were giving it their all. I felt like that could have that um, series could have gone to seven if uh, KP stayed healthy. But um, Luca's playing out of his mind yet again. His shooting's up. Um, he's making threes now. Um, so I think they will be a tough out. I think there is no team in the West beside uh, in the top seven that like is at a huge disadvantage against anyone in the West and um, the Mavs. Um, I just don't, I think they need a year, another year. Let's see who they can acquire this off season. Um, but I just don't think they have enough um, guys you can count on besides Luca. Um, so it's, it I most mean, Tim Hardaway is oh very streaky. I mean, Finney's fin Yeah. Yeah, Tim Hardaway can go off for like eight of ten, and then the next game he'll go one of fifteen. Like it's it's so random with him. Um, you have a lot of other guys, um, but I mean, I just think they need a year. They need one more year. We'll see what they do. But um, this year is just going to be really tough for sure. Um, to um, get for far me, as as a low seed, I think I think this I, I think this team is 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 good. Like you said, defensive flaws. Um, the thing that, that that concerns me the most is KP's health, man. KP is very when he's healthy, he is very efficient. He can get you buckets. He gets you twenty one a game. He gets you boards. He can play solid defense enough to win you games. But I mean, where they are, I feel like the Mavs are a good like they they are perfectly where they are. They're seventh seed in the West. Um, if the if the Lakers keep slipping, maybe the Mavs mm-hmm. can climb to six. And if they play the Clippers, it'll be very interesting in the first round. But I just don't see them you know, beating those top three teams. I don't see them beating Utah. I don't see them beating Phoenix. I certainly don't see them. Yeah, I don't be. I don't see them beating yeah. Denver. I can't yeah. see them running through the West and winning multiple This team just, yeah, I can see them winning one. Pulling an upset and getting swept out the next round. But that's about it. That's how, that's how as far as I can see it. Um, because, like, you're just asking Luca to do everything for this team. It, it's concerning, but um, we'll see what happens with them. Literally, yeah, it's like that Harden dynamic with Houston. Like you just have one guy dominating the ball; it's not going to work for in sure. the playoffs for that um, for multiple. And series. with that, all all that being said, we're going to wrap up the show. We're going to wrap up the show right now. Um, thank you guys. Thank you, Shrey, for tuning in, or thank you, Shrey, for for being on the show. Thank you all for tuning in, and uh, we will see you guys next week. So peace out. Yeah, hopefully there's no more 50-point blowouts. NBA is a little more interesting by then.